Welcome back to the Lived in Faith. I'm Dana. And I'm Jen. And we're the pastors at South Church in Andover. This week, we're going to complain about daylight savings time. Yes. <laughs> Talk about Dana's sermon from Sunday and about how we can be responsive rather than reactive. Mm-hmm. And we'll share some unpopular opinions. But first, Dana. When we began this podcast way back in November, yes. say, we you know waxed poetic about the beauty of daylight savings or the end of daylight savings time and how grateful we were that it was dark out and we could get cozy. And I'm wondering if we're changing our tune. Oh, Jen, this whole spring ahead daylight savings time is it has killed me. It is like, for the birds. Right. For yes. the birds. You heard it here. Like I'm a ghost listeners. of myself today. Like it yes. is <laughs> for all of us that have to work on the Sunday of Daylight Savings Time, like set our alarms and it means we've lost an hour of sleep. And then the whole congregation is just staring like they all looked exhausted yesterday. Everyone's bleary eyed and frustrated. Yes. Yes. This morning, like neither of my kids were awake for school. Oh, and it's just going to be an adjustment, like not like one day. It just takes time. It takes like a month. (laughs) Like maybe that's probably too long. Right. But But yeah, it's so long and it feels like just why do we do this to ourselves? I want to yes. remember this moment in November when we're back in like, oh, cozy vibes. Ooh, <laughs> Advent. No, no. no remember right. this moment because yeah. this is ridiculous. Yes. Start writing our politicians right now. Yes. <laughs> Let's get Yes. Through. Well, at Youth Group yesterday, there was this whole conversation around how um, daylight savings time actually like, kills people. How it like there's a higher rate right. of like heart attacks and like completing suicide and like other things that happen during this time. And I was like. Oh, that's bleak. That is not. Seriously, it's so dark. I was like, not to take us to a really dark place here, you guys, but just like be careful out there this week. Um, You know, drink your water, get your sleep, um, you know, drive with your brights on. I don't know. Um, Just be careful. There's a higher rate of car accidents as people are more tired. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. Have the coffee that you need and then stop drinking it around two o'clock so you can sleep at night. You know, like just be strategic in your self care this week. Um, Yes. Oh, God. I hate it. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It was light so much. Like, we're sitting around eating dinner last night. I was like, wow, we can see out our window. Yes. So. That was, we were leaving here last night, Taylor and I, and it was like seven o'clock, and we we're like, oh, yeah, look at that. Right? The sun hasn't set yet. It was really nice. Yeah. It was really nice. My yeah. friend today, uh, we were sending some memes around about daylight savings time and how you feel just like hit by a bus. Um, and she and she was like, yeah, uh, you know, daylight savings time is the reminder that time is meaningless and we still have to go to work. And I was like, Kate, why did you do that to me? Why did you? Right. Why did you do that hateful thing at seven a.m. this morning? That was unkind. I love it. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Yes. Well, that's our. Those are our big feelings with daylight savings time. But yes. we are going to talk about other big feelings. About uh, this is a very smooth transition. <laughs> there you go. Right into Latin forgiveness. Here we go. We could forgive daylight savings time. Maybe uh, we could forgive Ben Franklin for daylight savings time. I will not be go. forgiving creation for this. No. Mm. Um. There you go. Yeah, but Ben. Franklin maybe can receive some forgiveness um, <laughs> but speaking of forgiveness your sermon on Sunday it was so powerful I heard from mm. so many people afterward about um, how they needed to hear that there was a lot of that going on in the chat as well just people mm. feeling like oh yeah that was the word I needed right now and you had so many great stories in that mm. sermon so I'm wondering you know what was your process like as you were writing it mm-hmm. yeah well I know but well but, I'm going to skip from my process into like my <laughs> post process. So I've been doing these sermon reflection times oh. afterwards mm-hmm. in the parlor. Um, it's been so interesting to hear from people about how it's resonated. And one of the things that I'm learning, and I'm sure this will impact next week's sermon, is that we kind of jump into the deep end of forgiveness. Like mm. in that post, um, 
you know, worship time, people were like, so how do I forgive Putin for what's happening in the Ukraine? I'm like, mm. wow, okay, right? And so we were having conversation about uh, so many of the areas of our world right now where it feels like we have to bring forgiveness and, yeah. and where there's so much pain around what's happening in Florida with the Don't Say Gay bill, with um, you know trans rights in uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. There's just, I mean, a lot of anger, mm-hmm. one, and how are we dealing with our anger that came up? And then two, how are we grappling with um, you know, just the pain and the feeling like we this is a place where we need to release some of the painful emotion, yet there's not a chance for that kind of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So, um, but kind of what I came away, and, I, and that's why this sermon had two stories in it, because one was kind of this big story, you know, the um, the Amish's um, ability to forgive after, you oh know, my God, the yeah. horrific, right? Mm-hmm. One room schoolhouse shooting in 2006. And that story's always stayed with me. And I went back and read more articles on it. And Jen is just so different. That happened prior to me having kids. Mm-hmm. And now I read the stories and I barely can read the stories. Yeah. And, um, and one of the things that hit me actually... Um, afterwards was thinking about how I talked, I preached on Cain and Abel and, you know, thinking about that Cain and Abel story, how it's such a weird story, right? Mm -hmm. Like how, you know, supposedly God favors Abel's offering more than Cain's. Mm -hmm. And so Cain is like jealous and upset and sets out to kill his brother. And so I was thinking about like, did God really favor one brother's offering over the other? Or was that like how... Cain perceived it and then yeah. of course like that's the narrative and these stories as we know were all just passed down as like mm-hmm. this storytelling um, you know and thinking about how you know Cain like maybe was just mad at God but needed somebody to blame so it's yeah. like I'm gonna just kill my brother Abel right because I need yep. somebody to blame and I was thinking about that with the story of the Amish as well of like as a parent in that situation I it would be really so hard to live into that act of forgiveness and including the um, the parents of the shooter, mm-hmm. even if I knew intellectually they're not the ones to blame, they're not the enemy. Yeah. Um, because we just, as humans, like part of our instinct is like we need somebody to blame. Yeah. <laughs> right. That feels like a Herculean effort. The, yes. Like it just it it is breathtaking. It was breathtaking yesterday when you were talking about it. I just I couldn't wrap I couldn't wrap my head around that kind of grace. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, and just I couldn't put everything in my sermon. But, you know, some of the Amish folk were talking about how forgiveness for them is actually a daily act, mm. like how they initially for, forgave and then they need to wake up every day and do it again. Because yeah. that's how real and painful it is. Like, yes. it's like, this is going to be something for the rest of my days. Mm-hmm. I can't just offer it once. I need to offer it over and over again. Because oh, the pain God. is that great and yeah. how it's impacted my entire life, right? Of yeah. course. I mean. Yeah. Oh. Your whole vision for the future. Oh, yeah, God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, and the other story I told was about Desmond Tutu and, you know, and him feeling slighted and, and hurt, um, you know, with with um, a hotel staffer thinking he was a chauffeur rather than the actual main speaker. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and of course, like a, another example of, you know, um, racist microaggressions mm-hmm. and probably how many times has he experienced that? And right. And 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 I wanted to include that story as well, because there's so many ways um, and this is why I want to tie it back to kind of the example of forgiving Putin. And as I kind of, you know, brought this back to the sermon reflection group where I was like, 
hey, before we get to thinking about those big acts of forgiveness, yeah. let's think about just the daily ways yes. that it, you know, we need to be able to practice forgiveness. Like, mm-hmm. not just know these things in our head, but like really practice it in our everyday lives with our kids, with our spouse, mm-hmm. with the person that cut us off when we're driving in the car, yeah. you know? Um, how do we feel? what we feel feel the emotion and then and then offer forgiveness and release it um, yeah right about before we even get to the big things let's mm-hmm. just practice doing that with everyday stuff yeah one of the things that came up in youth group around that everyday forgiveness was what if, how do we have boundaries around those moments yes. of forgiveness right and yes. when do you know when it's time to release something or someone and when is it time to pull someone in further right um, and I think that's probably probably what strikes us when we think about these like big moments of forgiveness mm-hmm. um because when we like it came up at edgewood as well last week how are we supposed to forgive putin how are we supposed to be non-violent when it comes to putin right. um because there is such rage and violence around him and what he's doing but also how we feel about what he's right. doing um and yeah i'm just i'm curious about that because i think for on the global stage it feels like well there comes a point where you have to be violent right or you can't forgive mm-hmm. right? right and and actually I think our message is like no we can do that but we have to like think about what are the what is forgiveness without consequence right you know right. and I that's right that that yes. feels like a different thing a hundred percent right forgiveness is so different than just like letting someone off the hook you yes know? yeah and like you know okay blank slate like no Mm -hmm. i mean forgiveness and accountability can go hand in hand yeah and need to yeah yeah accountability can be you know like in our own personal lives it can mean good boundaries it can Mm -hmm. mean okay like i've forgiven this person but they're not somebody that i can trust to have as regular part of my life yeah so i'm gonna have boundaries around what that looks like how i interact with them Mm -hmm. you know um yeah how how we include each other um in one another's lives so yeah yeah yeah. and i think we have this idea that forgiveness is that clean slate and i think especially in our faith because like we talked about last week we have the pardon which is a clean slate in our faith um but in our lived experience it does have to be a little bit different because we're not working with like a perfect god we're working with imperfect people (laughs) right Um, you know right Um, right the way that god forgives us right and like you said like right the language we often say is like clean slate um, Mm -hmm. we are a new creation right and I do think that's so powerful I think we do need that opportunity to you know restart see ourselves anew Mm -hmm. and know that God sees us in that way yeah Um, and at the same time right we live in a flawed and broken world and each of us are human beings so that does impact um, Mm -hmm. the ways that we can choose to move forward that's right yeah yeah um, I think that's an important piece. It's it's okay to differentiate between like what what it looks like for, for um, God's forgiveness and mm-hmm. what it looks like in human. Like I don't believe in that whole forgive and forget. Right? We no. throw that around all the time, and I think that actually confuses our understanding of forgiveness because yeah. we think, oh wait, like I haven't forgiven somebody because I still remember, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, of course I never forget. No, <laughs> I mean, that's just my personality. And like, it's not, and it's also not a it's not like a moral statement that you didn't forget that right. wrongdoing, right? Because often the the crux, the reason why we need to be forgiven or offer forgiveness is because of a trauma. Yes. Right. And right. and those traumas affect like the rhythms of our lives, mm-hmm. right? We, that's something we talk about in CPE and other places. How trauma is like your life is going on a certain kind of rhythm. Like maybe 
you've just got like little ups and downs and then there's this break and then all of a sudden the the rhythm is like jagged ups and downs or swirls like your life looks really different Mm -hmm. on the other side of a trauma not necessarily worse or better but very very different right right. Um, and so you have to remember how it was Mm. before because you are different now Yeah. yeah and like for every relationship and you know again globally the world is different because of what's happening in Ukraine, yeah. right? The whole world is reacting. The whole world is different, and it's affecting every single person. That's right. Um, and like, I kept thinking that, Jen, at the women's retreat. We mm-hmm. had a wonderful women's retreat with 40-plus women, and we had an exercise where people um, were invited to sink their fear and float their hope, mm-hmm. and so many fears were around kind of the global you know, experience that we all have right now of what's going on in the Ukraine and witnessing suffering and pain and violence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there was this part of me that just felt like so much righteous anger. Like we just got through and barely are through. It's not even fair to say that, but like a a two year pandemic. Right. In which we've been sinking so many fears around like the impact of that. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, there's just no break. There's no break. Right. There's no break for for kind of what people are carrying and Mm -hmm. how much it's impacting everyone. So I know. Yeah. 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 And I think the good news in that is, you know, with the act of forgiveness, especially you, you named that so well in your sermon, how it's communal, right? Um, which actually leads us to our next segment about yeah. how might we be um, communally forgiving. Um, right. And, and really, you know, what you talked about in your sermon reminded me about being responsive rather than reactive. And yes. so like at the women's retreat, we heard a lot of people being responsive, not reactive to right. what's going on. They're just like, I am seeing the weight of the world out there. I am seeing how hard everything is. Um, and I need to just express it in this safe space yeah um and one of the words that we heard was the word helpless mm-hmm. feeling helpless about the state of the world yeah and, and you know in some sense there's a gift in that because you're not reacting un- right. like inappropriately to a to a situation mm-hmm. right you're you're just you're wondering at what could what you could do yeah um and in some ways that's so much better than just flying off the handle and doing something irrational right yeah. right yeah and i think i'm glad you heard that in my sermon around like reactive versus responsive you know i didn't directly address that but you know the revenge cycle right is like we're hurt we hurt back mm-hmm. and we stay in that that and then think about it the person we hurt back needs to hurt us like it's literally this loop that we just mm-hmm. get stuck in um and yeah that can happen between individuals it can mm-hmm. happen between groups it can be, happen between countries right but it's just like round and round and round um and desmond tutu in his book talks about the only way to get out of that revenge cycle is the path of forgiveness yeah. right like is feeling the hurt like seeing where it lands in us like not reacting to it but mm-hmm. just re- like feeling it acknowledging it and then moving into forgiveness yeah. um and yeah and that's the only way to kind of exit that revenge cycle mm-hmm. that we can so easily get stuck in but it is about re- being responsive to it like okay mm-hmm. i want to consciously feel this pain mm-hmm. and then choose how i'm responding rather than i feel the pain not react like yeah. boom you know like in our kind of animal instinct like feel it you know, hit back. Um, Mm -hmm. So make sure the other person's hurt more than we were hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that, the, the waiting in the feeling, it, 
we talked about this thing maybe last week or the week before about how we also have to acknowledge the wholeness of the person who hurt us. Yes. Um, and so much of the reason that we hurt people is because we aren't seeing their wholeness. And right. I think I heard that so clearly in Desmond Tutu's story that this person he was talking to didn't see him. Right? Yes. Didn't uh, didn't understand that he is a whole person, that he has a whole history, a whole life. Um, but in offering forgiveness, Desmond Tutu saw that person's wholeness That's and right. saw that they are a complex person. Mm-hmm. Um and I wonder, you know, when we, one of the things that's been, I'm hearing a lot online around um, uh, the war in Ukraine and um, other things like that is, you know, the the narrative on how refugees are being taken in uh, yeah. from Ukraine that are being welcomed with open arms right now and are, um, people are like offering places in their homes, mm. things that people weren't doing when the refugees were from Syria, going yes. to those same countries, um, going to our country. I and know. that was not the narrative that was right? coming out, right? Um, how we how we don't hear that when the when there's a crisis or a war in um, sub-Saharan Africa yeah. or in other areas like that, like the ways that we don't see the wholeness of people who don't look like us, right? Um, and that I'm kind of pulling together a couple different things here, but no, the, but yeah, the thing that is striking me in this moment is we also need to seek forgiveness for the times when we even passively have not seen the person someone's wholeness, That's right. or we haven't understood someone's need because they don't look like us. Yeah. Um, and I'm and I think that's probably that's true for our church and for the people that we care for and are in our own lives and in ourselves. Um, that like all of us have that mm. that need to grow in that way. Right. Um right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh. as much as Ukrainian refugees deserve and are and and deeply deserve kindness and welcome, so does every refugee. Yeah. Right. And and we are seeing like a real disparity in that. Yes. Um Oh, thanks for naming that, Jen. Yeah. You know, all the ways that we are we are caught in this web of living in a broken and flawed world and we need to offer forgiveness for the systematic sin that exists, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the systems at play, you know, that we in some way are part and parcel mm-hmm. because we are another person on this earth, yeah. right? Like we might not intentionally have created the system or even mm-hmm. feel like we are a player in it, but yes, we are walking this earth and mm-hmm. that, that's those things are happening. Yeah. And what does it look like to recognize that and acknowledge and see that kind of mm-hmm. those pain, um, yeah. the pain that comes with um, with sin that's on a bigger level than mm-hmm. just, you know, one person's actions against another. Yeah. And I will talk about that as we go through Lent as well, because that'll come up right. as we get closer to Palm Sunday. But um it's one of those things that we don't necessarily want to engage in or talk about because it feels really scary and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it goes back to that piece of like, I, I'm i not actively a part of it, so it's not my fault. Right, you know? right, um, right. And yeah, we hear that a lot. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'm curious about how, as we go through this season, we'll be given a chance to dig deep into those instincts around, right. you know, um, around wrongdoing mm-hmm. um, and around sin. And I think that's a real gift. Yeah. I really do. Mm. Beautiful, Jen. Thank you for that. Yeah. 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 Well, loved ones, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to dive into some unpopular opinions. I love it. All right. All right. Oh, my God. Okay. So after 
after some technical difficulties, we are back with uh, from our break. Thanks for hanging in. Um, we had a really fun time with some microphones, but now we are up and going. So we are going to move into our time of unpopular opinions. If you thought we were snarky at the beginning of Daylight Savings Time, just wait until everything breaks. And now we're trying to figure it out. But we're back. So um, we're going to talk about the things that we see in the world that we're like, Mm-mm, no, thank you, Satan. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so let's get into it. My unpopular opinion for this week, beyond um, the fact that microphones are dumb and should work better than they do, is that replying all to emails is an act of terror. Jen has an email inbox looking right now. It's so <laughs> dumb. It's so dumb. Also, I'm doing this thing where I try to keep the emails unread until I reply to them. Right. Otherwise, they just live in my inbox yes. and they live in the back of my head. And then I wake up at 3 a.m. and I go, oh, my God, it's been 17 days and I haven't responded to that email. Right. So I try to keep it on, on unread. But that means that all of the emails in the thread yeah. are also unread. And so I get to my inbox and it's all highlighted. And then yeah. I get real mad. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, so if you are out there replying all to emails like an unkind person, I need you to not right reply to the person that you were talking to, right, and then you're done. That's it, right? Like one of yeah. our church members was telling me that in their company they have this signal that they put like in the subject line, like an asterisk or something, mm-hmm. right? And if the email is an asterisk, it means you do not need to reply. Like, you don't need to thank me for the email. You don't need to thank everybody, like, the whole reply all chain of, like, 27 thank yous, you know, or or whatever, right? Like, nope, just, like, an FYI, but, like, they put, like, a little tag in the subject. Isn't that so genius? Oh, God. Okay, how do we get that written into our bylaws? As we're, like, getting the bylaws rewritten. How do we tell all 700 people in the system that this is what we'd like? We are not replying all the emails. We are also not saying thank you for emails anymore. Although, if you want to say thank you for them, that's okay. But, like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. We have a lot of email. It's There's a lot. There's yeah. A lot. And, you know, grateful that people are in touch. Would prefer that than to not. Mm-hmm. And it's never ending. Um, right. Yeah. Right. I still live with the truth that, you know, not too long ago, the person who sat in my office didn't write one email during their pastorate. I so, I'm like, I, it's just such a huge part of what we do now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now even our voicemails come in as emails. Right, right. Yes, yes. No, it's so true. Okay, my unpopular opinion is that the only article of clothing you need in winter or even early spring is a jacket. Like, we could just wear all the same shirt every single day. Jenna's looking at me mystified. Like, it doesn't matter because all – it's so New England. The only thing that people see is your coat. Like, how many places do you go and it's cold so you keep your coat on? You Like, it's like literally all I ever see is like a People's jackets. People's jackets. Like, and my – and like, yeah. I just feel like I live in my winter coat and I'll like think about my shirt and then I'm like, nobody's going to see this. Like, I'm just going to wear my jacket every – all day, every day for errands or for – like this event that I'm going to show up to and it'll be chilly in there so I keep my coat on. Huh. Right? I mean, I also really appreciate that because you have great coats. Um. <laughs> I know. I'm like staring at my new coat now. because I like, know. It's so beautiful. <laughs> well, I often think about how, like, how many, like, I think about things like the price per wear yep. when I think about my clothes, right? Yep. And, like, jeans and coats for me, I'm like... I will wear them all the time, like constant, right? Yeah. So um, even though this new coat I got was a really great deal. But I still, I yeah, where like other things kind of rotate through mm-hmm. less frequently. But um, man, New England with the coats, it's like, it reminds me of Bernie. Remember mm-hmm. like the... Um, 
Oh, oh, I am once again. Or the the meme where he's like holding his like mittens, mittens under his arms. Right. Yeah. But even like so, everybody would do on the mittens. But like I was thinking about like the coat. Right. The it was like iconic. your classic. Yeah. Classic New England coat where like. Army green, fur around the head. And we just wear the same coat to everything. It's like, oh, what's this? A fancy event? Great. It's my big puffy coat. What's this? Like, my kid's soccer game? I'm wearing my green puffy coat. Like, yeah. I have two questions about this. One, how often do people wash their coats? Oh, I... Like, do you dry clean them? Can they go in the washing machine? I do not wash my coats. Yes. I mean, I get that, right? Like, it's one thing if you, like, brush up against a salty car. It's another thing if you just are, like, walking around and, like, not brushing up against salty cars. Right. You know? Right. Um, My second question, I think about this a lot in that, like, in the winter, we go from our house to our car to the grocery store to our house again. We put on these big puffy coats. Right. We are outside for 30 seconds at a time. We're like, I'm getting bundled up to walk the 40 feet to the car. Right, right. And then I'm getting bundled up to walk the 100 feet to the grocery store. And then in the grocery store, you're wearing your coat. So you're sweating and you're gross and you're frustrated. And then you're like, am I getting, do I have COVID? I'm all clammy. No, you're wearing your coat inside. Do I have COVID? I love it. That's where our minds go. Right? Oh, yeah. I was like in Stop and Shop two weeks ago and I was like, why am I, why am I upset? And I was like, oh, I'm overheating because this coat is, I'm so blessed. I have a very warm coat. And also, Stop and shop, kept the heat on, and right. I was like, "Well, this is why." Right. So, what do you do in that situation? You just like taking your coat off everywhere you go. I, know. I don't know. I know. Oh gosh, another reason we just New England in the winter. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. It's no. a lot. It's Can you lot. tell we're so ready for spring? I like so we're, Ryan and I are going on vacation um, this week, and so today I'm going to Target and buying vacation clothes because all the spring outfits are out, and so I'm like, <laughs> I love that. Time to get a dress with pockets. Um, I love that. So very right. excited about oh, that. Oh, and you so deserve vacation. I'm so glad. Jen. That's really kind. I can't wait to hear all about it. Yeah, I'll come back with lots of Charleston pictures. Yes. Yeah, Ryan's already st- like found some breweries, rooftop breweries we're gonna go to. It's gonna be beautiful and warm. Yeah, right? it's like 75 degrees and sunny every day. Oh my god. And there's one day that it rains, but we've already planned to go to the aquarium. Then day oh so. fun yeah yeah great. excited great um yeah so thanks for hanging out with us today loved ones and for bearing with us in the midst of our really fun um technology adventures and our snarky daylight savings time and yeah. our unpopular opinions um and also for going deep with us on really good conversation around forgiveness and right. what does it look like to be responsive rather than reactive that's right yeah, blessings to you, good people, this week while you practice forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and just practice noticing, you know, when you do feel reactive, when something uh, triggers you, impacts you, and how can you take a minute, take a pause, mm-hmm. and, re- and be responsive rather than reactive. Ooh, so. Amen. Yeah. All right, loved ones, we will see you next time. Make good choices, be a good human, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.